another week of It's Just My Thoughts, and I'm your host, Mika Reeves. So I am back in the States now. I was on vacation last week, which was a much needed self-care week, and I had a really great time. So let's talk a little bit about my trip. So I think what helps with uh, when you go on trips is when you go with a good group of people. And um, I went with a really, really dope group of people, really great conversation, pretty much all like-minded in a sense. And so that was pretty cool. We went to Mexico. Um, When we first left, we all met in New Orleans for um, a night or two. And what was crazy was when I was on the flight from Charlotte, North Carolina to New Orleans, um, New Orleans Saints was playing the 49ers. And I have never in my life seen the um, this amount of 49er fans in my life. Like New Orleans was absolutely lit. It was crazy. I mean, it was bananas. I went out on Bourbon Street um, that night, uh, so Saturday before the game, and it was so many just 49er fans all with their jerseys on. You know, obviously everybody was drunk. It was craziness. And I was like, wow, like it was really cool. Um the they had a, par- a Christmas parade. There's actually like this big parade that they have there, and they do it for um for Christmas, and so they had that going on uh, on Canal Street, and it went all through kind of like the French quarters, and I stayed in the French quarters, so we got to see that, and that was pretty cool. And I also while I was on Canal Street, I found this really cool uh bookstore, and it was like an old bookstore. So when I first walked in, I was like, well, let me just go in there and check it out. And I didn't think they were going to have um, like new books, but they had all type of different, you know, New Orleans uh, authors, black authors. And then they also just had like a lot of historical books. And it was like, a, it turned into like, when you keep going further back in the bookstore, it turns to like this older, um, like kind of like antique type uh, bookstore. So that was actually pretty dope. It was like a gem that I found on Canal Street. Uh, I think the name of it was Crescent. I want to say Crescent Bookstore. And so I ended up getting a book. Um, called the yellow house and it's and I actually wanted to read this book anyway so I picked that up while I was there and it's about um, this woman's journey during Hurricane Katrina it's a memoir so I'm really excited to jump into that I also um, pretty much finished a water dancer while I was gone and that book was absolutely phenomenal it took a turn that I didn't think was going to take and so um, that was a really good book I talked about that a few episodes ago so if you haven't read that yet I definitely suggest reading that so I got Um, A lot of reading done, a lot of just chilling. I drank entirely too much. I probably ate entirely too much. I feel like I've gained weight from being on the trip. So I'm basically going to have to spend the next couple weeks getting my life together from vacation. But overall, um, I had a really good time. And so it was a good little break. And I always suggest to everybody, especially going into the holidays, because the holidays can be um, tough in general. We're just running around and trying to get stuff prepared for your family. Definitely take some time to do some self-care for yourself. When I came back, I was like, I pretty much haven't bought anybody shit for Christmas. And so I spent this whole weekend scrambling around trying to get Christmas together because our tree is, has no presents under it. So I did a whole bunch of that. And hopefully um, some of the stuff I ordered, hopefully they get here on time because I'm, I'm a little nervous. So hopefully uh, I can get that together. But I had a really great trip. and um, But I'm happy to be back, you know, here for another episode. So let's just jump into some black excellence. So while I was gone, um, when I was looking at some stuff for black excellence, I actually came across something that was pretty cool. Um, It's some black girl magic. So for the first time ever right now, the top beauty pageants have crowned black women as their winners all at the same time. So that's Miss USA, Miss Teen USA, 
Miss America, Miss Universe, and Miss World. And I just thought that was really dope when I saw that. And so I wanted to highlight that and just uh, bring that uh, some attention to that because that's never before done. So I thought that was pretty awesome. Some good black girl magic. Um, so I don't really have many hot topics today because I haven't really been here to keep to keep a, stay abreast on things going on. But a few things I wanted to go over. So last week, um, I guess it was Thursday, maybe during the I think it was Thursday during the Thursday night football game. Lamar Jackson, who I talked about last week, um, was having an MVP crazy year. You know, uh, he broke Michael Vick's single season rushing record by a quarterback. And so it, he's just a joy to watch in general. So I was really excited to um, see him break that record. And Michael Vick actually uh, gave him congratulations and all that. And so I want to take a moment, though, to talk about Michael Vick because it's really just, I think it's kind of some craziness going on. But my question is, why is it so hard for people to forgive him? So, you know, as we know, Michael Vick was charged for dogfighting and he was sentenced to 18 months in prison in 2007. He also was fined like a crazy amount of money where he went through, I think, bankruptcy and all types of stuff because he had to pay all this um, money back. And since his release from prison, he has worked with animal rights. Um, In 2015, he met with lawmakers to support a bill that gave officers the right to break into cars to free dogs and cats if they were, you know, in in heat-induced cars. And he also supported a bill that was signed into law that made it illegal to attend organized animal fights. Um, So this year he was voted to be co-captain for the Pro Bowl in 2020. And um, so then you see that it was a petition that was made to ban this decision and to stop him from being a captain for the Pro Bowl. And over 500,000 people signed. And here's my thing. Like, I'm a super dog lover Um, I have two dogs right now in my home. I love my dogs. Like they're like my children in a sense. And I think what he did was absolutely insane. I will, inhumane, I want to say, but I will say too also that I, I always tell people this because it's actually a known fact. Like I think I did research on this when I was in college, but I think people don't realize like we see a lot of aggression and violence in the NFL or like even with like boxers and things like that. But I and I struggle with it because I enjoy watching football and it's one of my favorite sports. But I think if I ever had a son, I wouldn't want my son to play um, helmet to helmet football because one, their brains be all fucked up. And two, like, you know, you have to have the dog in you to play a violent sport, literally, even though I'm talking about dogs. But literally, you have to have that, you know, ferocity inside of you to be able to play that and go into these modes and these children at young ages are being taught to be vicious and be all these things you know in the football field and and a a large majority of them not just Michael Vick a a lot of them actually were into the animal fighting you see a lot of domestic violence you see a lot of just you know anger issues in general and it, it really does stem from the sport but you know not to make excuses because I don't personally think it's right to fight animals anything like that but I personally feel like, you know, when it comes to Michael Vick, um, he's paid his debt to society. He went to jail for it in the middle of his career, like at been at its all time high. You know, he came out. He's literally from the time he's been out. So I guess it's been um, about 11 years, 10, 12, 10 years now where he's been an advocate for animal rights. And I really do think that, you know, um, I think he's changed. And I think he see that what he did was wrong. 
you know, if he wouldn't still be doing the work behind it, even now, present day, he's still doing the work for animal rights. And so I think people are allowed to, you know, you make mistakes and you make dumb decisions. And I just don't get, you know, why is it so hard to forgive? I I, I thought when I saw the petition, I just thought it was ridiculous because I'm like, we're in 2019, you know, let it fucking go, you know, because there's people in the NFL right now that's done, you know, even crazier shit that you still wear their jerseys and you still walk around supporting them. And even though like I'm, you know, I'm a strong believer of, you know, um, being good to your pets and things like that. But I think that sometimes people do make mistakes and it's not up to us to judge a person and we should, you know, forgive. So that's my opinion on that. I also wanted to take some time right now to um, send prayers to the rapper Juice World family. On Sunday, um, he was laid to rest in Chicago after suffering a deadly seizure in Chicago airport last weekend. Later during the week, um, and I was reading some of this stuff while I was gone, his mom also released a statement saying that he struggled with prescription drug dependency. Um, it was revealed that he had been taking Percocet and was in possession of several bottles of prescription cough syrup. Um, you know, this, this story was really sad because, you know, he spoke a lot about this in his songs. I actually did follow his music somewhat. You know, I knew some of his songs, but he was only 21 years old. And I, you know, when I saw this, I was extremely sad and, you know, and I'm saddened for them as well. And especially, you know, with this coming just so unexpectedly and at such a young age to, you know, lose a life, I can only imagine um, what the family is going through. So I definitely wanted to take some time and really, um, you know, say, you know, I'm sending some prayers to them. But this is also, you know, another example of why I encourage everyone to, you know, check on your loved ones. And especially if your loved ones are struggling with something, you know, don't be afraid to offer help, you know, and not just where it's like you're saying something, no, like offer to go with them to speak with someone or anything. And, you know, the pressures of fame is very high and people don't really realize that we all be like, oh, you know, their life seems really cool, but you don't really know what people are dealing with. So check on your village, check on your family. And if someone is dealing with something that you know that they are, you know, sometimes you just taking the extra mile and just seeing if they need help or want to talk can make a difference, you know, in the grand scheme of things. Um, so I thought that story was really sad and I, and I wanted to spend some time just actually saying, you know, something in regards to it. And that led me to my thought of the week. Um, my thought of the week this week is, how to navigate grief at the holidays because you know Christmas is a week and a half away um, so I have like a few pointers um, that I kind of wanted to go over but I know even for me you know I lost my father when I was 27 years old and um, I personally hate when people um, make the comment of time heals all wounds I don't really believe that personally um, I think that I don't think you ever really get over death. I think that over time you find ways to learn how to navigate the grief that you feel. Um, I don't, I don't really think that time just heals you because especially if you never deal with it, I don't think it ever goes away. Like I know people who, you know, have experienced death and they still, you know, are heavy in that grief because you have to deal with it and, um, in some kind of capacity. So I have a few pointers that I want to kind of go over. And none of these are really in any kind of order. It's just some things that um, that I kind of do for myself, but also uh, things that kind of helped me when I was dealing with grief. Um, because I used to be, to be completely honest, um, I struggled with grief for a long time because I think after my father had passed away, 
Um, I was really upset that he passed away. And so, um, and I was upset with him. So I had to first kind of navigate that. And then I had to get to the point that I was actually grieving. Um, and it took me probably a year or some change after he passed away to really go through the grief process because I had so much anger behind it. But I knew that for me, like I needed to get help in regards to that because it was really changing me as a person and it was making me, um, someone that I didn't really want to be. And then especially around the time of his death or his birthday, I would be really, um, not myself. And I could, could say that I, I probably was really mean, maybe really short and, um, you know, depressed. And I never really talked fully about it, like the way that I probably should have. And that's something I've recognized now just with my personal journey of just, you know, having complete wholeness inside. So like I stated, my first pointer was, um, I think that you should um, figure out ways that you can acknowledge um, the death. Because my thing is this, you know, they say time heal all wounds. Over time, you'll get over it, but you don't. But the thing is, is that you can't sit and kind of hold it in or never talk about it or allow yourself to feel. And I think that's where a lot of people make mistakes where they're just trying to push it off like, you know, no, embrace everything and understand that grief is healthy and it's healing as long as you, you know, get healing inside of the grief process because it's all a process. And so I think grief is actually is necessary to get through the healing of it. Also, my next point is boundaries. Um, I always tell people you don't have to do things that you don't want to do. And I'm gonna give an example. So, you know, my mom, you know, she has dinner at her house all the time and there's family members, to be completely honest, that I think are toxic and that I don't want to be around. And as much as I love to spend time with my mom and things like that, you know, um, I try to do other stuff like where I might not make dinner, but, you know, we can do breakfast or something like that before she start having, you know, some family members over. And it's my way of just sending up boundaries because, you know, before I used to just go and endure, you know? And then when you start thinking about it, it's like, well, why do you have to be miserable on your holiday if you don't want to? Or if something is triggering for you, well, why do you have to sit and be triggered and have a horrible holiday just to make somebody else happy? And so, you know, it could be, and I, and I literally have got to the point now that I literally say, hey, listen, I'm not coming over and this is why. And it's no disrespect to you, you know, I'm not trying to make you sad for the holiday, but I have to do this for me and my peace inside. And so that's pretty much what I do. But having those boundaries where, you know, if you don't want to go to a holiday party because of this reason, or you don't want to go over to your family member's house because, you know, you don't want to be triggered and something like that, then don't. And, you know, if people around you really care about you, they should understand that. And if they don't, that's something else that you should think about. But definitely having boundaries with either people or situations or scenarios. Uh, Another thing, another point that I have is plan ahead in a sense. So sometimes you need to make escape plans or plans to get around certain things. And what I mean by that is kind of go back to my last example that I just made. Like if you know that you may be triggered by something or you're not really in the headspace or the mind or the the mindset right now to where you want to be around certain things or you feel a little sadness coming and you don't and you don't want that then beforehand go ahead and figure out a plan where it's like okay if I have this going on or I'm experiencing this then you know I'm I know that I need to do this or if this happens or transpires then this is going to be my time to leave 
And also you can just tell people like, Hey, listen, you know, if I, if I feel like it's something crazy that's transpiring or something that I just literally can't handle for myself or for my mental capacity, I'm going to leave. So I think it's important to plan ahead and try to make some kind of plan that, you know, you, that you have in place during the holidays, that's going to help you navigate and get through. Cause everything at the end of the day is based on you and your happiness and your mental capacity for things. And so Sometimes we want to give so much to others, but we can't forget ourselves and what we need for ourselves to be whole. Um, I also want to say, you know, another pointer is allow yourself to feel. I say this all the time. Um, I say this all the time, especially to some of my family members, because I used to be that person that would always keep my shit inside and I never really would communicate. And I used to feel like, you know, it was wrong for me to feel you know, I'm not the biggest crier in the world. And those are things that I still actually work on, like allowing myself to really feel. And, um, and that can be hard for a lot of people where you just kind of try to just put it off and you try to, um, not really address it. But if you're sad, you're sad. Okay. And if you have a feeling towards something or you're grieving, you're grieving and it's okay. And it doesn't make you weak and it doesn't make you, you know, this, you know, overly emotional person it actually makes you a mature person that you can actually say, you know, I'm sad today. And, you know, so maybe my attention might be somewhere else, or maybe my, you know, emotions might be somewhere else, but you know, you have to give yourself a moment to go, to go through it and experience it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And especially if the person that you're with or your family care about you, they should understand that, um, you're allowing yourself to feel and that, and that's okay. And if you need something, and if you need something from them or something like that, you know, the door is always open. Also, um, another thing that a lot of people do that I think is important. I never really had many like holiday traditions with my father. So I really didn't, I don't really get too sad around, um, around like Christmas and things like that, as far as him not being here. But a lot of people have those type of tra- traditions. Like if something ever, God forbid, happened to my mom, my mom is a big holiday person. I know that holidays would really be sad for me in regards to her because she makes a big deal about holidays all the time. And so we actually do have a lot of traditions in regards to my mom, more so than I did for my dad. So um, I know for other people, though, they like to spend this time to honor the person that they that might not be here. And I think that's important. So a lot of times you can see people do things like send an extra prayer or acknowledgement, you know, for a holiday dinner or, you know, having a moment where, you know, you have a night of remembrance or something. And it could be even something smaller. I don't know. But, you know, honoring that person that's not there. And you might can do that for a while as long as you like to help you get past, you know, the holidays or grief that you may be feeling. Or it could be something that you just do every year. Um, Also, another thing, another point is um, a lot of times uh, you see, um, which I think is a good idea as well, uh, people would do things in in remembrance. Um, I know one of my uh, my brother-in-law, his friends, he lost his mom to uh, breast cancer. So every um, October during breast cancer month, they always do a walk in remembrance of her. And um, and it's kind of has become like a tradition that they've done. And so you can kind of do the same thing for the holidays, you know, um, and that's kind of a level of honoring that person or things like that. Um, and that's something to think about as well. Um, also, I also see too, which I think is another one of my points is 
doing something um, like kind for others or for others in general. And that could be something as simple as you spend the holiday doing one day of community service. And with that service, it's like you just giving back. And sometimes when you give back to other people, it can make you feel better. You know, I'm an advocate of community service. I try to do as much community service as I can whenever I have time. Um, when I was in college, I worked at the, the food bank um, and I did um, the soup kitchen, you know, a lot of a lot of weekends. And so um, I always kind of encourage that even in my house, like I always encourage community service because I think sometimes when you give back to others and then you actually see that some people have things way worse than you do, it kind of helps you put things in perspective. And so I believe in um, doing something for others and giving some kind of level of kindness and acts of kindness can really make you feel better too, especially during the holidays. So that's something that you can also think about as well, doing some volunteer work that might can kind of get your mind off what you're thinking about and kind of get your mind on something maybe a little more positive. Another pointer that I have is um, creating new traditions. So say that you have um, things that you used to always do with the person. Maybe you want to continue doing that or if it might help you to start creating new new traditions or things that you want to start implementing in the future um, going forward that might help you, you know, get past your sadness and grief, then that's something to consider as well. Um, I love doing traditions in any kind of sense. I, I had a conversation with one of my friends and uh, she's a new mom. And she talked to me about how, like, you know, she just thinks about all these different traditions that she wanted, like, have with her kid and have with her family. And I'm always a proponent of that because I always feel like, you know, memories and traditions are things that people will always remember. And I think it's things that people will always be touched by. And it's not always necessarily like what you buy somebody and the money that you put in it. Like, yeah, that's great and gifts are cool. But I think having the memory of that person and with that person is something that um, you're always going to think about. So I think, you know, if creating traditions will help you with grief, then um, definitely that's uh, a main one to do. And one of my main points with all of this, um, when it comes to grief at the holidays, to take away from this is, I definitely think if you're struggling with grief over the holidays, uh, seek therapy or a support group. And there's always some kind of support group out here that's free that you can probably go to to help you because you don't you don't want to spend every holiday where you're experiencing sadness and the person that you lost I'm sure does not want you to sit and be sad every single holiday where you can't even be anything for anybody else so if you feel like that this weight is on you and that you really need help talk to your loved ones and I always suggest you know personally I'm an advocate of therapy and even though your loved ones are great, sometimes, you know, you don't always want to dump all that shit on somebody, especially during their holiday. And you got to think about that. And so if you have somebody that you think is a safe place for you, sure, talk to them. But if you can go to a support group or if you can go to a therapist, I think that, you know, that's your move that you should do. I've been trying to see my therapist. You know, I saw my therapist right before I left for vacation and she was like booked. And I asked her, I said, um, I said, God, it's, it's really crazy right now seeing you. And, you know, the first thing she told me was, she said, Mika, you know, you get really busy during the holiday times and during the winter. And I thought that was really cool that, you know, it made me feel like that people actually are doing the work to try to help them, you know, navigate the holiday season. And so 
just always keep that in mind you're and definitely know that you're not alone there's always somebody out here that is going through something or experiencing something and it could be experiencing grief as well so talk to each other love each other be kind to each other and i hope everybody you know has a good and whole uh holiday and just take some of these pointers in consideration when going into the holidays if you are experiencing grief or have experienced some kind of loss it's just something to um, consider so you can at least have some happiness and joy during the holiday season. So that's all I have today for the thought of the week. Uh, I know this this uh, episode was pretty light today, but I'm just coming off vacation, so I haven't been here. But I wanted to cover this today because it was really important to me We're going into the holiday season. And uh, also I want to say as well that I thank you so much for listening. And don't forget that you can follow me on Instagram at at it's just my thoughts underscore podcast and on Twitter at, at IJMT podcast. And I thank you so much for listening today. It's Mika here and I appreciate you.